It's time for Cofield and Company's legal insider, Justin Watkins, on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Rampart on a Wednesday. Justin is here. JVT's here. It's Cofield. Make sure you get in the $45,000 touchdowns, tackles, and cash drawings. There is uh, cash drawings uh, along with free slot play uh, given out every week. And, ooh, okay. Grand prize coming up this month is a uh, VIP ticket package for Raiders Chargers on December 14th. That includes uh, transportation, game tickets to uh, club-level seating, free food, and beverage. Good deal. Good deal. Uh, just to follow up on that clip we played from a uh, Alabama fan yelling at African-American uh, Texas football players about going back to the projects and, and dropping the uh, homophobic F-bomb. When you sat there on, during the break, Justin, you were saying, eh, you know, a lot of hockey fans are like that. And you said, man, the homophobic slur uh, when you were down in Florida yep, for the, the Panthers, Panthers end of things in the Stanley Cup, you heard a lot of that. The most common thing I heard yelled at us. Yeah was that, that slur. And I, and I just, it was so um, surprising to me people that, yelling that, in the open. that people were just yelling it openly that I was like, there's no way you could get away with that in T-Mobile. Like the local fans would not allow you to say that to visiting fans. That, that particular slur? No. Okay. I don't think so. I think you get local fans saying, like, dude, shut up. Don't say that. Um, but by, by, by the way, while I was kind of smearing the South with that last one, the Alabama fans, yep. uh, Southern Florida is filled with New Jersey, New York, mm-hmm. Connecticut, Pennsylvania transplants. So yeah. no region is free of blame on this stuff with terrible language at games Yep, and hateful language at games. Yep. I don't I know how we I clean it up. I well, I mean, part of it is they think it's a safe place because it's, you know, a political free zone. The reality is, like what we're talking about off air, you know, Florida has created a culture war against LGBTQ on a political scale. And so, you know, they, a certain segment of the population feels like, oh, it's my duty right. to call this out. I and say it. this. Yeah, that's right. I'm fighting PR and political correctness. I mean, not PR, but P- uh, PC and political correctness. And, and I'm fighting for our rights and our freedom of speech and yada, 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 whatever they do to convince themselves to, to hate on somebody else. But it was... It was noticeable and prevalent throughout. You know, I went to both games, three and four, of the Stanley Cup final there, and that was the most common thing we heard. Because we're at a point now where you know what you're saying, right? Like, 100%. It, look, I, I readily admit when I was younger, did I use that word because I thought it meant something else? Sure, when you're educated on it, you understand what it is. You don't use it anymore. At this point where our society has come, you know what it means, you know what you're doing, and you're doing it on purpose. Justin Watkins, Battleborn Injury Alert. John Von Tobel from VSIN, part of the company. He also has a, an award-winning model for uh, football picks. He went 12-4 and 4 ATS. Oh, an award? Uh, it's a local award. Oh, okay. It's a show award. Oh, cool. hey, I'll take it. DeMond gave it to you because he's afraid positivity. of all these bets uh, where the model may take over those bets too. Maybe, maybe you use the model secretly to get your bets in. Uh, speaking of betting, this, there's no legal issue here, but I just wonder what your take is on DraftKings puts out a three-team parlay, hashtag never forget, in honor of 9-11. Um, they've now apologized. And here's the thing. I haven't mentioned this story at all, and I haven't mentioned the book, because I actually think they did it on purpose. They don't care. They apologize, but it's a work. Yep. They knew they'd get 
You have to know. You're not idiots. Yep. John, you can sit this one out. Um, I mean, I have a comment. Okay. What do you think when you see a corporation do this? Yeah, I mean, the profiteering of something like that, uh, of a tragedy, I mean, yeah, I agree with you. They, they knew they'd get some backlash, but backlash is better than no lash, and so they'll just, they'll just sort of take it and, and run with it. Somebody thought it was a great idea, and it's not so over-the-top offensive because they were like, choose, you know, the, it was cheer for all the New York teams, right? You're betting on all the New York teams. So it's like a pro-New York profiteering of a tragedy. And so it sort of split the hairs enough that nobody was going to come at them and say, like, that's disgusting. Most people came at them and said, you know, come on, dude. That, not really class, classy. It's sort of classless. Um, and they're willing to take that for the kind of publicity that they get. But while we're on the topic of, like, sort of, fantasy i i have to take a little victory lap no no hold around on. here i i i had a uh, whole lean in for it but no you you should do it um in our league i knew there was going to be trouble with this not that we were asleep at the wheel but a lot of us had drafted quarterbacks and you waited a long time and then who did you grab in an auction for basically nothing Tua. yep and and dax my backup not i mean what did you get Tua for in a 260 league do you remember i think it was 11 dollars. oh my god what are you guys doing Everybody had quarter. Everybody yeah, had quarterbacks, up. and some people had their first backup. Right, there but, was a, but there's also the fear factor that you're getting a guy who could go down at any moment. Now, if he plays all 17 games, it's one of the great picks in fantasy football history because he's going to kill it. Mm -hmm. You might win the league because of that. Well, I mean, I, remember, I did go my wide receiver heavy. Did. I did Justin Jefferson and Cooper Cup. So, oh, that's right. <laughs> so, you, got, you got jobbed out of four games yeah, already. Yeah, four games down already, but we, we pulled out the victory over the Cofield Club um, comfortably, I think. Uh, I think, in, I had the, of course, I had the highest losing score <laughs> yeah, in the league. You is, always do. That's fine, but that's, that's okay. In week one, it's okay. Yeah. I get some pickups, maybe. <laughs> you always have the highest losing score. Um, it's like your trademark. It is my trademark, so I can whine afterwards. So, congrats. Yeah. Yeah, I because I, I actually don't look until after the weekend. Like all the game. Well, I look before Monday Night Football. Yeah. I, I know kind of where my team was, but and then I looked. I was like, yeah, great. I'm down. Who was your guy in Monday Night Football? Dalvin Cook. Okay. So he was productive. Yeah. So you did beat me easily. I think, uh, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I had no shot going to Monday. Okay. Congrats on that. Yeah. Take it. You got it done. You got it done. Um, switching to a serious story. Man, this one's heating up, and uh, I don't think you can make a determination on this yet. And uh, although I do see. There's a bunch of dudes like Clay Travis who are like, show some balls and speak up in favor of Mel Tucker. I'm like, I'm not speaking up in favor of Mel Tucker, but I am willing to let this thing play out um, because it's an interesting case of uh, he said, she said. He's being very vocal, talking about some of the hearings as being BS. So what do we know about this one? And, and does it at all have a feel like Amber Heard and Johnny Depp? Just simply because the assumption right out of the gates is, Oh, that guy's terrible. And then uh, the, that story played out, and you're like, well, maybe that wasn't the whole story. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, I, I'm with you. I'm willing to let this sort of play out. Uh, what we have right now is Tucker saying, hey, we had a consensual adult relationship, which I don't really know what he means because as far as we know, all there was is <laughs> masturbation on a phone call. We don't have anything. Which anyone out there who's like, how do they know if it's he said, she said, he admitted it. He admitted it. it. He, he said it in a statement. He admitted he it. He said it to a statement yeah. and said, and she didn't hang up for 36 minutes. So you, it must have been consensual. 
I don't know. I don't know about that either. Um, and that she, his, his, his reasoning as to why it was consensual is that she didn't hang up, and she elicited and accepted gifts. Not that she gifted back. Not nothing that he is saying is something that she did to him. It's just that he, she tolerated what he was doing. And so, if if I had to give a hot take, and I and I don't on these things, I don't like to. But if I was saying who's sort of leading right now um, in my mind of, of what's most probable, I I, th- I think there's more credibility to what she's saying. Um, I will also say him attacking the process is is what you do when you know you're going to lose on the facts of the case because it's a state institution and your argument is going to be you didn't have due process. That's the only way you're going to survive well, not start, you're not going to survive this. He's going to get fired. Like it's the only way you're going to set up a future wrongful termination claim against the state for for this process because they violated your due process rights. So um, I mean, for I think from an institution standpoint, I could have just said right from the beginning, um, you hired an outside consultant to give a, on, on a topic of improper sexual harassment and then you engage in a sexual relationship or some sort of adult relationship with her that's it it's over you're fired like just that's it Uh, that's all i need whether it's consensual or not that's all i need and um so it'll be interesting to see how it plays out i I actually think them giving him this hearing is an effort on their part to try to give him something to try to clear his name not the other way around was it a mistake to publicly admit that he actually did it (laughs) well I mean, I do think he admitted it. In, that that one part of the story, I think, is the most compelling for him. Is you know her her statement is he masturbated while on the phone with me without my consent. And I would say, like, how is that possible? The the minute somebody starts to do that, you you hang up, and that that's that's your lack of consent. Um, unless there was something else on that phone call that required her to be on the call that she didn't really feel compelled to have a choice. It's part of fulfilling her contract. Her consulting work has so many phone calls with this dude or whatever. Then I think it is kind of compelling that the phone call was 36 minutes. She didn't deny that. She didn't deny that she didn't hang up, and she stuck around on the call. Do you think if we tie this with the Northwestern case, and it's a completely different case, but Pat Fitzgerald got fired pretty quickly do you think at those schools, Northwestern and Michigan State, you know, they have a conversation with the lawyers and they're like, well, in Tucker's case, like, we want to get rid of him anyway. The contract we gave him is kind of crazy. So, listen, this is a way to get it done with both of them and we'll have to pay him, but we're not, we're, you know, we'll probably have to pay him 20%. We're not going to have to pay him the full boat. Does that stuff happen where it's like, let's be real here. Uh, you're going to get rid of him at a discount, but you're not getting off scot free. You're not going to get rid of him scot, you know, without any bill. Well, it's interesting you bring up Northwestern because it's two very different situations. One's a public institution, one's a private institution, right? So the public institution has to adhere to your civil rights, meaning they cannot deny you your property or your money or your livelihood without due process of law. So they can't just fire you and, and not give you a process to go through. So I don't think you would see a... Pat Fitzgerald type situation with that sort of timeliness because the private institutions don't have to hear any of that. They can fire you for any reason or no reason at all at any time. So let, let's say it was Fitzgerald in a state institution 
and he's still denying everything, would there have been a hearing? I think there would have been. I think we would have said the same thing. It would have been suspension, with or without pay, whatever, whatever you choose to do, but it's not a firing until there's actual hearing. I think a lot of college football coaches have been drunk with power yep. for a while. You know, in the smallest way, and I'm not blaming them, but in the smallest way, TV can actually um, exacerbate this whole situation because I think schools are so flush with cash now. Like in the Big Ten, both of those schools are going to at some point be up to like 85 or $90 million from their TV package. So everything is just blown out of proportion. They're like, oh, $15 million to get rid of a coach? No big deal. Like, no yep. big deal, especially at the state institution. What do you mean, no big deal? Yep. Well, we're getting 90 a year. 15 is nothing. Like, that's not the way this should be operating now. I mean, the reality is, is in most states, the, the highest state employee is a college football coach in that state. That's, that's the reality of it. Um, I mean, we are so far down this road now. I mean, there's, there's nothing else to say other than this is state-sponsored, semi-pro sports now. I mean, that's where we're at, and I have to put in the state sponsored because they're using our academic institutions as uh, as a veil for what this is really about, and it's really sad. And on top of it, now I'm, I'm particularly biased in this regard, you know, the TV networks not only are controlling that issue and, and who's hired and how much they're paid and all that, that different stuff, but they're, they're choosing who the winners and losers are. You know, they want the metropolitan areas to be winners like Rutgers, and they want the country bumpkins like Corvallis to be losers because there's more, there's more eyeballs in, in, the, in the New York area. When we come back, I'm going to fight the fight for you. Yeah. I'm going to badmouth Rutgers. Oh, boy. <laughs> that was lying on the way out. Uh, this hour in uh, Reno and Vegas is brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. Calling from anywhere in the state, 766-1400. It's Cofield and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. And he has the football, puts a move on, he's on Robinson, he's got a hand, his first NFL touchdown! Yeah, we'll have a rematch in fantasy. You got me the first time around, but Bajon Robinson is actually the way to say it, not Bijan, but when the actual player says say it any way you want then you're just kind of wait what oh we went through this whole thing about two weeks ago it's another one of these situations where a player hears the name a certain way or you know early in his life and he's like they can call me whatever they want so how do you say his name it's bajan or bajan i will call wait what instead of bijan was it was it bajan come on or was it uh bajan you mean like three different pronunciations yeah bajan so bajan or bijan but no, it it's not or. Same. It sounds easy. No, he said it's or. He said both are fine. You can't have two pronunciations of one thing. It's there's, one pronunciation. There's Tyrod Taylor. It's not John or Jan. And, it's, and no, it's John. Tyrod Taylor. There's Nick Wah, but he told all of us, if you want to call me Nick Roy, that's fine too. I'm going to call him B. Jan. There's Foster Moreau or Foster Morrow. There's Travis Kelsey and Travis Kels. Somebody yelled at me, yeah, did you, Jalen Moreau? And then so it was like, no, it's actually Milrow. And I'm like, what are we doing? Oh, okay. Somebody tried to correct me on the air, and I stopped. And I'm like, what do we really? Ask the kid. What, what is he? Because I think people just accept it. Drew Aller? Drew Alar? Justin Watkins? You want. There you go. I've got the clip if you guys want to hear it. Sure, go ahead. Thank you. How you pronounce my name is, is Bijan. Okay. Like, that's how you say my name. 
but I say I say Bijan. Okay. Um, and I, I don't know why I say that. Like, okay, that's good. That's it. That. They're 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 stymied. Look at them, both of you guys. They're like, what? Okay, so it's Bijan, but he says Bijan. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. He doesn't even say his own name right. And he said his mom was like, "Why do you say it that way?" And he's like, "Adam, whatever." Okay. Well, if mom named him, I'm gonna go with Bijan. Right, yeah, it's, it's identical to Bijan Tyrod Taylor. I think it's the mom and dad pronounce his name differently. Yeah, Bijan. one is Tyrod and the other is Tyrod. Bijan. All right. It's weird. Can't wait till somebody tries to correct me on this. We have Justin on for many reasons. Justin Watkins is here at Rampart. Nice enough to come over, be I on the set. I say Watkins from, from <laughs> Battleborn Injury Lawyers because this Pack Two versus the other Pack Ten legal wranglings. Like I have no idea what's going on, but it's really important. Yeah. Well. Oh my gosh. I'm like. I don't know if you saw my tweet, but I'm like, I don't tweet that often, but I'm like, finally, when they filed this lawsuit against the remaining uh, departing members of the Pac-12 for judicial determination of who runs the conference based on the interpretation of the bylaws. And so as a preliminary matter, why can this happen in court and why can a judge determine that? Because as long as the terms of a contractor are clear, then application and interpretation of a contract is a question of law. That means a judge does it instead of a jury. Juries handles questions of fact. Judges ha- handle questions of law. So what we found out and what we didn't know, the reason why they filed this lawsuit so quickly or with, with such urgency last week is because the remaining members and, and the PAC-12 and, and the commissioner were trying to put up a board meeting to determine some business moving forward. They called it routine business, extension right. of contracts of employees to keep the lights on is how they controlled, is how they called it. But the OSU and WSU were aware that some of the items that the remaining teams wanted to put on the agenda that they don't even belong to was sharing in costs of the departing team and, and, and how yeah. they got to share in yeah. some of those uh, revenues that the Pac-12 was going to have remaining over to just the two. And their position was it's kind of an absurdity for only two, two institutions to control. But uh, thankfully, they, they, uh, Oregon State and Washington State hired the same lawyer. They sued. They got a temporary restraining order saying, Pac-12, you can't have, you can't do anything that's not ordinary business. Anything that requires a board vote must be unanimous until I determine who is the controlling members of the board uh, because – you have so many departing members that the departing members can absolutely fold the remaining members of the conference. So how confident are you now that a Pac-12 can be reborn with these two schools leading the way over the next couple of years? Because then there's also what? They have a grace period of two years. They can be a two-team conference. They can be a two-team conference. Which is bizarre. Which is awesome. With an auto bid, right? I mean, because they don't they control no, the auto bid? No, That's the different. And, and by the is, way, yeah. Greg Sankey okay. already came out. He's like, what they're talking about is the NCAA. Right. Yeah. We are not the NCAA. So that this fracturing we've talked about, Sankey's like, no. Right. No, we don't listen to these clowns anymore. Right, but there, there, there's some parts of that that are true and some parts that aren't not. Right, the auto bid, they, they absolutely can lose out on it. It just takes a three-fourths vote of the Power Fives. Okay. okay. But what they cannot lose out on is their share of the college football playoff money, which is about like $87 million because that takes a unanimous vote to change how the profit's sharing. Right. And because under the NCAA they are still a conference, they won't get the Pac-2 vote. Right. So the Pac-2 yeah. is just getting Never $90 unanimous. million a year yep. until they can rebuild. Right. And so I actually think that there is a chance. I, the, the judge is a WSU grad. <laughs> so 
<laughs> so, oh, yeah. wow. So, How is that allowed? Uh, what are you talking about? Like, that's fine. I mean, it's, the judge is going to be a grata somewhere. Right, but that's a, that's a straight up conflict of interest. No, do, never, do not question a judge's objectivity. No, yeah, yeah. You don't know. Yeah, exactly. I think it's fine. And uh, and he, he made a great <laughs> ruling. He made a great ruling. Hey, the truth of the matter is, it's the correct ruling. And I think the Pac 2 is going to win this because here's the thing all these departing members are trying to say, no, it's absurd and we should have a vote. And it never, no. never intended this way. But But here's the thing. When USC, UCLA, and Colorado all left, the, the remaining members all kicked them out of the board meeting and said, the bylaws say this. Yeah. So, so it was good for them was, until yeah. they bailed, and they're like, wait, well, we didn't mean it. Yeah. No, you did. Exactly. You did. So we could be talking about hundreds of millions of dollars here. Yep. So if they try to form a new Pac-12, and they're grabbing teams from the schools, from the Mountain West Conference, maybe the AAC. Yep. Do you think they will use some of that money to try to offset buyouts? Or will they wait out the Mountain West Conference teams that have to give a lot of notice or they have to pay 17 or $34 million? I mean, I think they're, it, depending on the urgency of things, they might do the 17, but they're definitely not going to do the 34. But here's the thing is that buyout, as I understand it, is up when the new television contract goes up because the grant of rights comes up. That's two years. Yeah. Well, they get two years to hang around. So if UNLV, I mean, think about the absurdity of this. If UNLV is lucky enough to be invited by Oregon State, Ugh. Why is that absurd? I mean, they're in a good position. They are. Because the other Pac-12 schools didn't think it through on the money front and just jumped as soon as they could. It's just weird. Come on. I don't know. You're the leftovers, and then I'm not going to keep beating, beating you up on this. But No, it's not it's, the leftovers. But, but here's the thing. I mean, uh, they founded the Pac-8, yeah. right? They were original members of a conference that built up over a 100-year period. Yep. And... You know, UNLV's only been an institution since the 50s. They've been an institution since the 1850s. So I don't think it's super backwards just because they're in a small town of Corvallis that Oregon State would wield a little bit more power than UNLV when UNLV's only been in total existence for a little under 70 years. By the way, is this what we're doing now? What? Age of school for significance? Because you took a shot at Rutgers about 20 minutes ago about wanting the metro areas to be built up. Uh, when was Oregon State established as a school? 1857 or 1864. Kind of late. Yeah. It's kind of a new school. Yeah. Here's the difference. Yeah, Rutgers was 1766. Here's the <laughs> And they actually played the first wow. football game, what, like 15 years after, I think 14 years after Oregon State became a school. Wow. So American Independence and the Rutgers Scarlet Knights, <laughs> hand in hand. It's an old school. But here's those, are, those are all old schools. Here's the difference. Oregon State built its own conference and built it up from there, yeah. whereas Rutgers gets pulled into a conference, even though they're not successful at anything. Not accurate, but that's fine. Sports-wise, right. that generates any revenue – but the TV networks want to create revenue right. through the New York eyeballs. Because we matter. Yeah, sure. Big, big markets matter, and you we're a big market now. No, I mean, we matter here in Vegas. Yeah. It, it and you matter, in, you matter in Reno, too. We, we yeah. Down here, I will fight for you to get into the new Pac-12. Yeah. I, I think I will. Don't, don't scoff. I've been consistent on this. I didn't Have scoff. I no, I, JBT did. No, I've been. I've been want all twenty people in Reno. I, I've been. I've been consistent on this. That again, yeah. our state politicians, public servants, should be fighting on behalf of these two schools. I agree with you, but no one will do it. Well, who? Why not? What do you mean? Stand we, up and do it. We haven't gotten there yet. We don't know. 
I, you know, we don't They've know. Been quiet the whole time. I mean, I, I think they I couldn't think even stand up to Dave Cavill. If we're if we're able to rebuild the Pac-12 and it's made mostly of Mountain West schools, I think the ones that are going to be left out are are definitely like Air Force. They're not an NIL school. They can't do it. It's against their their rules. So like, let's make it an NIL friendly right. conference. That's the only way we're going to be able to. Compete. I don't want to hear Hawaii's out. It's a beautiful state. We just had the fires in uh, in Maui. Let's be nice. It's a ninth island. We're the ninth island. They're kind of partners with us. Bring them in. Hawaii's out. Air Force is out. New Mexico's out. Wyoming's out. These are some of my favorite road Wyoming. trips, except for Air Force. Yeah. Wyoming's a good funded program. I actually think Wyoming should be in. I, they probably should, but but if we're talking about eyeballs and build, like it's, what, Denver, it's the Denver market. We had a guy. Yeah, we had a it's guy not the Denver market. Had, Nobody in Denver. There's a lot of, there's a lot of Wyoming grads in Denver. No, get out of here. Get out of here with this. Here's the thing. Like. If if we're going to try to build a new conference that's that's in that intermediate level between the Power Four and the the rest of the groups, then you need to have an angle, and the angle to me would be we have a foothold in all the fastest growing communities in the country, all of which are out west. It's Idaho, it's Colorado, it's Nevada, it's Arizona, it's Oregon, it's Washington, and it's California. These metropolitan areas in these states are not as big as New York, and they're not as big as Chicago, and they're not as big as some of the others, but they say are the it, say, fa- it, say it bluntly. They are but, the fastest growing. But people actually want to live there. People actually want to live there. Unlike New York there. and Chicago, That's right. where they're, they're fleeing. Mo- That's right. That's true, too. Living in the city can kind of suck. Yeah. Living in a small city can be kind of cool. And, yeah. I'm, and I'm even including Boise. They're obnoxious fans, but people are moving to Idaho in droves. Tons I know you hate to hear that. Idaho's the number one. In, in in regards to percentage of population, I would move there. I can't afford it. Nope. Too pricey. That's the thing about the and West. You don't, you don't so pricey. It's you crazy. No, I don't. But I, I want the joke was going to work about how pricey it is. It is pricey. So, I'm 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 about to get shut out in in Vegas soon. It's getting tough here. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, I was back there in in Michigan, uh, and uh, yeah, it's affordable to live there. But I don't want to move back there. JBT, Justin Watkins. Cofield, I wasn't calling you. We're going to break. The NIL 12. <laughs> uh, uh, we're coming back. we got another half of the show to go. We're going to talk to Arash, get the L.A., Hawaii, and Vegas report in about an hour. It's time for ESPN Las Vegas legal insider Justin Watkins. Only on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Rolling on past the halfway point. ESPN Reno, you heard it. ESPN Las Vegas. We're at Rampart in the Sportsbook. We got Dwayne Colucci coming up, boss of the book here, in about 10 minutes or so. We got to play an epic rant after 5 o'clock. It's one of my favorite things I've seen in uh, Sports Talk Radio, especially now that uh, every station in the country does videos. So we got to see the antics on a video. Uh, did you guys see the note that uh, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman have now tied? Some are all Madden as the longest-standing duo doing football on TV. You have any thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, I, I actually, I, I know that this is not a popular opinion, but I, I like Joe Buck. I actually think he's good. I don't think Troy Aikman brings any sort of insight uh, in the way that we've become accustomed to, see, to seeing for color analysis now. But I will say, like his voice and Joe Buck's voice has sort of ingrained itself into what I expect to hear. Uh, on football games now. So the longevity has produced some sort of reaction in me. But 
I mean, get, give me some all Madden. I feel nothing. <laughs> I mean, I for either me, way. Cause do, you, do you have do you have any perspective on Summer All Madden? Two things of Madden. One, his commentary in the Madden games, and two, um, <laughs> this uh, the, is it SNL who does the the Madden thing with the popcorn. You know, you know the popcorn maker. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, no. Oh, you I, gotta know look Cal- I know Caliendo. Yeah, it's an old school Caliendo bit with a popcorn, oh, okay. like a popcorn commercial make or whatever. But anyway, um, no. Look, for me, football games, tell me what's going on. When there's a flag, tell me what's happening. I, I, I get no reaction or don't understand the hanging on and or ranking play-by-play. Play yeah, don't, don't, you, don't you have like some, some sound or some visual that you assimilate with football that just sounds right? To me, college football, it's Keith Jackson, right? Like uh-huh. growing up, hearing Keith Jackson, um, especially being on the West Coast, you know, you get your West Coast game. It was on ABC, whatever it was, a Pac-12 game, a Pac-10 game at the time, and it was Keith Jackson. Brett Musburger. I, I'm, I'm very much into TV and radio play-by-play, so maybe I'm unique on this. I really do listen, and then I will search for people reacting to what they say. And I agree with you on Aikman. I don't think there's a whole lot there. And I started thinking about it because I was watching a video the other day, and I saw a guy where I was like, he is actually, I think he's better than Aikman, and this dude's 76 years old. Can you fire this? Well, that's a damn shame. <laughs> that's how good he was. What a setup. It I heard was. the guy really <laughs> killed it. Yeah. Hmm. He's searching frantically. I wish I would have heard it. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually OJ. I watch I watch OJ, you know, whatever it is, after his golf round, he'll put up his videos, and I'm like, he's actually pretty decent. There's a lot of stammering now. He's gotten older, so it's not smooth. But, like, that's how insignificant I think Aikman is. Yeah. There's just nothing. Like, oh, I don't think, think I don't Buck. Think, Do you I, like Buck, though? I'm okay with Buck. Yeah. You know, I guess what annoys me is I feel like there are some guys, well, one, Going back to Madden. Madden really loved football. Yep. I don't really get from Trey Aikman that he loves football. And then I watch OJ even at 100 years old, and he's the one who derailed his life and you know, potentially took other lives um, and ruined his whole TV thing in his life. But I, like, I think he loves football. Mm-hmm. And when I, Aikman, I always have this feeling like he's like, mm, these guys aren't that good, not compared to me. Like, where's the passion? That's why I don't get why people get on Romo. Like, Romo loves football. Yep. He might be annoying and overbearing, but you, you know he loves it. Well, and I'll say, like, Aikman, I was listening to this actually this last week to him. He, he gives a lot of cliches that don't actually even apply to the situation at hand. There's but not it's a lot just, of telestrator work either, yeah. like breaking it down. That's the like, other thing, yeah. and this goes back to Phil Sims too. They, they're not eloquent enough to explain the game where I'm learning something. Well, Colin, I, don't know, I, I don't know if it's Collinsworth solely. Like, I think he is fed down the line some stuff. But he is always on point, and you're always learning something. And people are like, oh, it's so annoying. Like, no, you actually learn during the game. I don't know that we learn anything when Aikman's on there. Yeah, I, I like Collinsworth. I think Al Michaels and Collinsworth were good. Um, you know, to me, I think Joe Buck is pretty good, is, is the sound of football to me right now. From the Rampart Race and Sportsbook. It's Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Yep, rolling on. Great local spot. Great spot in general. The Rampart. The football specials here are, this is a local's place. And you know I'm very big on value. I was, 
Last night, we were uh, Caleb Herring and I were doing the first edition of our uh, Broadcaster Bites Ooh. podcast. We like to talk about the food on the road and even at home. And I was throwing out some positives about a local place. Because you know, we, we talk about what's going on in the week in between, you know, up to home games. And I mentioned a place that had a chicken sandwich combo with a good chicken sandwich, fries, and a soda. And not exactly fast food. And uh, after tax, it came to nine seventy four, which now I I feel like everywhere I go, I got a Reuben on the road. It was nineteen bucks. Oh, I'm like we're getting a little crazy. Um, and uh, you know, and I wasn't at like you know Shlomo's Deli where it was uh, you know a mile high. Got an omelet and a coffee the other day. What what they get you for? Thirty two. Stop. It was at a casino, but still. Did they charge you for every refill of the coffee, like 7 bucks? I mean, I think what got me was the... Uh, Did you the, add into the omelet? I, I added two pieces of sausage. Did you look on the bill? What they charge you, like 8 bucks for... 6 bucks for the sausage. 6 bucks! Yeah. Come on! Really? Did you get service feed? Oh, I didn't look. Did you get a convenience fee? I, I did not look that at that. That probably bumped it up to the 32. I mean, the service wasn't impeccable, we'll say. Yeah, I'm not even sure. We, we actually we talked to uh, Justin Watkins about this all the time, what you can turn down and get taken off the bill. I think if you actually fight some stuff, you can get it taken off. It's more voluntary than you think it is. But it's like the hospital thirty-two thing. for breakfast. It's like the hospital thing. You know, when they charge you, you yeah. ask for an item, itemized bill, and they're like, "Oh, whoa, sorry, yeah. no, we didn't realize. We yeah. actually charged you an extra five hundred bucks." That's right. Those, uh, uh, well, well, one of them was getting you right. Oh well, that was we paid off the, uh, you know, Diego or no, excuse me, Dimitri, our youngest son. We paid off the medical bills finally of his birth, and then we realized. Five months later that we were still getting charged, you're like, what the hell is this? Like, oh, no, sorry. We'll roll that over to your other account. We didn't realize that we just kept charging after you paid. Let's bring in Dwayne Colucci from the Rampart, boss of the book here. Dwayne, how you doing, buddy? Doing well. How you guys doing? Sorry about that. A little delay getting you on. And I was talking about the value here on stuff uh, as opposed to some other places in town where you're getting killed on the food. Um, pop the uh, the football specials because uh, this is awesome for the big days of football each week. Yeah, definitely. You know, it's just so exciting at the Rampart. We have so many specials, and especially the food specials. All you have to do is make a $50 parlay card, and we're going to buy you guys lunch at the fabulous deli, or you could get $5 off the only buffet in Summerlin. So we have draft beer specials. We have, uh, you know, bottled beer specials, Bloody Marys. Uh, the hot dog card is back. We have so many different options. Plus, we have that $500 cash prize weekly. All you have to do is bet on football, have a Rampart Rewards card. Make sure you swipe your card with one of my tellers or at the kiosk before you make your wagers, and you're automatically entered, and you don't have to be present. We're giving out cash. We're giving out food. So many amenities at the Rampart Casino. It's just a a fabulous viewing facility as well, guys. You guys are experiencing it right now. The bar is off the hook. We have the 55-foot video wall. It's just incredible at the Rampart. And uh, I want to thank all the patrons for coming out week one uh, of the uh, NFL and college official week one season. We just had incredible handle, and we appreciate it. We can't do it without the patrons. That's why we roll out the red carpet during the NFL season. It's just a great time at the Rampart. Dwayne, does that, is there a limit on uh, the legs? Like, is there a minimum amount of legs on the parlay, and can I use a teaser, put 50 bucks down, and get free meal? Uh, any parlay card, any teaser card, you get it. Nice. We're going to honor oh. that. We take care of you. One per day, but remember, you could get it on multiple days. So if you put one in on uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you could get a coupon each day. 
So keep that in mind. But it is limit one per customer, and it is a $50 minimum. But we do honor the uh, parlay and the Pisa cards, guys. So let's talk about last week. You said uh, you had a massive handle. What was the game you guys did the best on uh, in the National Football League? Well, there were so many different games. I mean, we had, uh, you know, some great matchups with great handle, and definitely the games that did hurt were the Dallas, uh, the uh, Sunday night game, the total there hurt, guys. We did have, uh, you know, a plethora of underwagers on that game. Uh, you know, we had so many different outcomes that worked in our favor, and we had so many against us, but the handle was just incredible. Not that we won all that much money, but it was such an exciting first week. And there was, uh, you know, uh, the Cleveland game was definitely a positive outcome. We did have a lot of people betting on Cincinnati. Uh, you know, we did okay on the Monday night game. We had some good two-way action there, but the Jets did surprise. I mean, they came up big despite the Aaron Rodgers injury. And the Rams were definitely a very good game for the books. Not a lot of people figured that they would uh, come out on top. And definitely straight up victory there. That helped us out. So there were so many different games. And the handle is what supersedes, guys, because you have two way action, but you're still able as bookmakers to make the money on the vigorish. And, uh, you know, the parlay card handle was great. Mobile app uh, handle was great. Chris does a fabulous job at the South Point, and we at the Rampart just love ha- uh, being a part of that allocation and being a part of that conglomerate. So there were so many different games, and, uh, you know, it was just a fabulous week one. Rampart Sportsbook here on a Wednesday, Cofield and Company Live, ESPN Reno, ESPN Las Vegas. All right, put your uh, sportsbook hat to the side. Put on the fan hat. The Giants? I mean, what are we looking at here for the next couple of weeks? Well, you know I'm a cowboy guy, so I was loving Oh, that's it. a I good mean, point. I, I, I was going to say, Dwayne. I'm sorry. I played you, so you were, you were freaking over the moon. I know you, and I knew immediately when that question <laughs> oh, was coming out. I was like, no, 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 my should have corrected me. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was you, definitely look at the giggle. more disappointing, guys, to see Aaron Rodgers go down. I really yeah. wanted to see how we would perform and lead that team. You know, not that Wilson wasn't adequate and that game wasn't great, but that was the more, uh, you know, shocking game to me. I thought Dallas... You know, the Giants are just tailor-made for them, guys. Once Dallas gets the lead, you have to run the ball. The Giants really don't have a passing attack. And then you have that fabulous defense that just applies pressure, whether it's on Saquon or Daniel Jones. And they started to create turnovers. So as a Cowboy fan, I was really feeling confident going into that game. You know, and I was hoping that the public would bet on the Giants in that uh, particular matchup. But moving forward, talking about the Giants, I think they could definitely bounce back this week. It's not out of the question. I think they got, uh, you know, caught off guard. I think that, they, uh, you know, I read that Dable had a huge party the night before, which is uncharacteristic of a great head coach. He's definitely one of the top coaches in the NFL, and you would figure he would have them geared up for this mm. matchup against the Cowboys. But now we're seeing five and a half against Arizona on the road. They could definitely bounce back. That's the current line at the Rampart and South Point. Total 39 and a half. Get that ground and pound going again against a weaker Arizona team that doesn't have nowhere near the defensive pressure and pass rush that the Dallas Cowboys currently have. So the Giants looking forward. They could definitely uh, be a playoff team, but it's so difficult if the Eagles and Cowboys get two games ahead of them and possibly three. Uh, you know, the commanders are right there as well. The Giants are playing catch-up. It's going to be a difficult season. They need to win this game this week, guys. The great age of misinformation. Dable did have a party on Sunday. It was for his six-year-old. 
Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Michael K. Had to come, shut it down. Michael, no party. Oh, yes, Michael K. Had to come out and apologize because oh, he, he reported. He was like, "Oh, Dable had a massive party. You can't do that as a head coach." Uh, and the Giants came out and they're like, "It was a party for his child." I Relax. still, I still don't approve of it at all. Um, all right, what do you, what do you want to do with your Cowboys here, and what are the players doing? Because obviously there was a you know a six and a half point adjustment here to nine and a half from three. Cowboys over the Jets. So what's the action like? Yeah, we started to get a little uh, buyback now, guys. It's down to nine at the Rampart South Point. Uh, Chris made the adjustment to nine and a half, and I think that is the right adjustment. Maybe a slight overreaction. You know, you're talking six and a half points from a two and a half, three point spread that uh, was originally dictated. So, you know, I think the Cowboys are a good team in the NFC. They have a lot to prove. I don't know if they're right near San Francisco or the Eagles just yet, but they're right there third. And, uh, you know, you definitely want to keep pace and win this game, especially with the Eagles being uh, a big seven-point favorite at the Rampart and South Point on Thursday. And the Eagles are not going to take the... Uh, the foot off the uh, pedal as uh, we speak. They're definitely one of the top teams, and Dallas wants to keep pace. This is a winnable game. The Jets, once again, another team that falls into Dallas's massive defense and pass rush. Will Wilson be able to make the right decisions? Uh, you know, it's going to be very, very difficult. They're scouting backups for him. I'm hearing they're contacting a lot of veteran free agents. I, I don't really know if you need a backup. Uh, you know, Wilson, let him run the offense. You're going to need a backup, obviously, but I don't know if they should go out into the free agent market and put more pressure on this kid. There's been enough from last year and this year. I think Dallas is the right side, but that's a lot of points, guys. We uh, we got two minutes left. I want to take Seattle plus the points against the Lions. Is anyone with me? Yeah, I definitely could see that happening. Uh, you know, Seattle played so poorly, and they were so good last year, and now will Detroit start to become overvalued when they beat a team without their best player? Let's take into consideration Travis Kelsey definitely is a major factor. You saw a lot of drop passes. Mahomes played very well in that game. Credit to Detroit, but can they keep this momentum going? They're so well coached, in my opinion, but definitely Seattle, veteran leadership there. Uh, I think they could bounce back in this game. I could definitely take five points, and that's what we're seeing at the Rampart and South Point currently down from the five-and-a-half opener. So some people are agreeing with you guys definitely taking the five points, Steve. I'm seeing a high ticket count on the Dolphins. It's up to three. I don't know what you guys have. Uh, Patriots buyback or people just bullish on the Dolphins? Well, you know, we opened it at two, and to get to the key number of three, we're definitely seeing, like you said, a high ticket count and a lot of people backing the Dolphins. But let's remember how hard it is to beat New England twice in a row, especially at home. Belichick is going to definitely bring out all the forces here. Mac Jones is gradually getting better and better. They were in a position to win that game last week, guys. So I wouldn't sell the Patriots short just yet. And two is just one hit away. You guys know that. I mean, if he starts to get his cage rattled, it's definitely going to be difficult. Then you're going to the backup, uh, Mike White. Uh, you know, Tyreek Hill had one of his best games ever. He had over 200 yards. Very hard to replicate that again on the road, especially when you're looking at a Sunday night game, uh, a divisional game. Patriots have a chance in this spot, definitely with three points as opposed to the two-point opener at the Rampart and South Point. Last one, Dwayne. On the college front, I know the volume on Colorado games has been crazy. Oh. Is it? Is it sustained here against even Colorado State? 
No, they're just betting them blindly. I'll be honest with you right now. They're going to be a nemesis. And I say this week in and week out. The ticket count is immense in this game. You're looking at a huge point spread. They do have a difficult upcoming schedule, though. Let's keep ahead. Oregon, USC, UCLA is in the mix in the next five. So they will be tested. I don't think they'll be tested this week, but it's still a lot of points. But people are blindly teasing money line parlays and also laying the points with this Colorado team. Dion is doing a fabulous job. I can't believe that, uh, you know, I can believe that they were able to beat Nebraska, but I can't believe that these point spreads are starting to get pumped up. And that's what we have to do as bookmakers because the public, just like the Golden Knights and the Raiders, they're betting Colorado now right. every week. Dwayne, last 20 seconds here. Uh, one more time, uh, tell people about the $50 wager uh, on a parlay card or teaser card and what they get. Yeah, definitely. You get a, uh, a coupon. You either get a hamburger dinner, a hot dog dinner, or chicken fingers, or five dollars off the best buffet in Las Vegas, the only buffet in the Summerlin area. All you have to do is make a fifty-dollar parlay card wager at the Racing Sportsbook at the Rampart, the best Racing Sportsbook in town, guys. Dwayne, you're awesome. Thanks for having us out here. We appreciate it. We'll see you. Oh, thank you guys for joining us, and uh, enjoy the amenities, and thank you once again. John, you're going to play under the total in Seattle and Detroit? Is that what you were saying? No, I thought I heard you actually poetic about Seattle, that you were still believing them. So I'll take the under on the win total. Oh, well, let me think about it. We, we're going to put another board, uh, another bet on our, uh, on our whatever it is, Google Doc here? Yeah. Maybe. Let me oh, think about come it on, all break. of you. You and DeMond, you both chicken out. You make these statements. It take five minutes. We, I, I, can I think about it for five minutes? Come on.